Welcome to this episode of Sticky Note Marketing. I am your host, Mary Zarnecki, and today I am so excited to introduce you to Wanda Toro Torini. She is going to be dropping some knowledge bombs on you. So if you are a business owner, entrepreneur, thought leader, personality, this is definitely going to be for you. If you want to understand how to make deeper connections, more meaningful connections with your audience, capitalize on maybe getting on stage or on a podcast. Mm-hmm. So she's going to help you understand how to not just create content for content's sake, but actually turn that into a superpower to build your business raise your authority and build your platform. So if you don't know Wanda, you definitely need to. She's also known as Dr. Wanda or the nerdy girl entrepreneur, which I personally love. So she's a dynamic entrepreneur and inventor and host of the Rocket Fuel podcast. Definitely recommend subscribing and checking that out. And also the inventor of catchwords.com. And this is the platform we're going to talk a little bit more in detail about, which is going to help experts who speak and do media to connect with their anonymous fans, which I want to hear more about in a way that actually helps them stop leaving money on the table. So I am super excited to have you here, Wanda. Thank you so much for being a guest here on Sticky Note Marketing. Oh, I am very excited too. I always love chatting with fellow marketing experts. So I'm like, yes, you get it, you get it. And it's and it's so important to be able to create that platform where people can continuously absorb really good marketing strategy. So yay, thumbs up to you, Mary. <laughs> well, I love geeking out with other marketers because everyone's got a different perspective on it. And one of the things that for you guys listening, we were chatting before we kicked off here today was the frustration that some of us have around when people create content and they don't know why they're creating it or what they want the content to do. They just don't have a plan for it. It's kind of like tossing a seed out there and not knowing what you're planting, right? So Wanda, when you work with people, what's the first thing you do when you see that they're creating content for content's sake? What are some of the questions that you ask them to get them back on track? Well, this is interesting um, because I I created, uh, you know, we mentioned catchwords as this technology, and we'll talk more um, about that. But um, I started creating Rocket Fuel as an agency as well, not only just the podcast, because it was just so important to recognize that really good strategy is Rocket Fuel for whatever tactics you want to 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 utilize right so if you want to utilize speaking or podcast guesting or hosting or all of these things it all goes down to your foundational strategy and so even though i may work with people that have been in business for decades or have just started actually if you just started you're in the luckiest spot because you get to learn really quickly what you should be doing but it goes down to Uh, What I work on is the first thing is, what do you ultimately want people to buy? Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about when you're speaking that you're going to put that right up front, but you need to know that always is the foundation of your strategy of what are you ultimately selling and not like general, like, oh, I'm selling coaching, but it like, what specifically is it? And then that whittles down to, well, then what is who is your ideal prospect, right? Which we've talked about. I I think about the ideal audience member, who are your people? Mm -hmm. So that when somebody is being interviewed, for example, in a podcast or speaking on a forum or whatever, they're not thinking about the everybody. They're actually thinking about who they want to 
pluck out. Like if they had the choice, like who do I want to attract of the 100 people? I would be so happy if I could attract the five people that are really resonating with this, right? And if once you start changing your your thought process around it, instead of saying, oh, I'm going to create content that's just going to please everybody, right? And it, it's going to really resonate with the right people, you're not leaving everybody out in the dust. You're not. It's it's just you're really, really serving the people that you know should take the next step. So there's there's a lot more to it, but but focusing on that strategy is really important. And I find that some people are like, oh, well, I've been doing this already. Like I've I've talked about my avatar, I've written it down, all this stuff. But guess what? In, in when you work in corporate, I mean, I was responsible for like twelve million dollar marketing budgets when I was working for corporate, right? You have to do this on a quarterly basis. You have to like discuss like, what are my goals for the quarter? What's my messaging? How, what tactics I'm I'm going to be using? Are, are they moving the needle? And then you respond. And as, as marketers or entrepreneurs, it's like, we create the one plan like five years ago and then we don't revisit it. We feel like, oh, well, that's, that's a waste of time. And so, um, so I hope that when, and it seems like it, when I start to work with people, you know, I always set that I'm like, Hey, I'm not saying that I'm doing this for the first time for you, but I, we're going to like really ratchet this, this in to make it nice and tight. And then everybody winds up being a much more confident speaker, a much more confident interviewer when they feel like I know why I'm here and what I want to achieve. I love that. I mean, it is so true. Whether I'm working with large brands or individual solopreneurs, if we're doing things for the sake of doing it, right? If we're, we want to get booked on stages or we want to be a podcast guest, or we want to go viral on TikTok. Why? Who for? Why, why are you bringing them in? Now, one of the phrases I've heard you say before is anonymous fans. (laughs) So I know the temptation can be to go for that, you know, vanity metrics. If I want fans and I want followers and I want to go viral on TikTok or whatever channel, Tell me more about the anonymous fans. Can you explain what that means for our audience? Mm-hmm. So we have all been that person, by the way. But if anybody has actually spoken in front of a live audience, right, and you, you're you into it, you could feel the vibes, but then you have those people that are taking the notes and they have the twinkle in their eye and they're taking pictures of your slides and you don't freaking know who they are, right? So you're like, oh my gosh, like I wish I could like put a little tag on you because then like afterwards I want to talk. And we would, you know, the traditional thing is, oh, make sure you catch up with me afterwards. Then you get like one chatty person like me in the front of the line and the five other people behind are like, oh, I didn't get to speak to the to the speaker, you know? Um, so that's the anonymous fan that we've all witnessed and we've all been like that person being like, man, I want to look Mary up. All right, let me take a picture of her slide of her contact information. Or I intend to do something because I liked what you had to say, but I don't do it. Mm-hmm. And there's and it's because of this psych. Uh, this is where my 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 nerdiness comes out. My, this psychological law called the law of diminishing intent, which just means that the longer we wait to do something, the lower the probability is that we're going to do it. Right. So you do have fans in the audience, and just because you walk out of a presentation, and you didn't necessarily get a business card or somebody coming, it. They literally could have been like, oh, I have to go to the bathroom or I have to grab lunch before the next presentation or a whole bunch of things. 
And so if we don't manage that opportunity well, we miss out on them. And this is why I actually invented catch words as the texting technology that allows people to say, hey, if this is of interest to you, take this time now. I created a guide, a checklist, or here's a, a, a copy of my slide presentation, right? And just text this now text XYZ to our number and then, and you'll receive this content immediately because I don't want you to forget. And the people that are really interested will do it. And those are hotly, it, it's like they popped up, <laughs> you know, from the audience. They're like me, these digital flags that are that are waved that make these anonymous fans no longer anonymous. And that is super powerful because you can walk out. I'm sorry. I get really into this. But no, I love it. I love it. It's all great. It's all, hopefully you guys are listening and taking your sticky notes out because this is, this is gold. This is, this is rich, amazing content that I know Wanda usually only shares with her paying clients. So tune in and make sure you're. Yes. Taking yeah. So think like, um, you know, you can gauge your, yourself, your success or your impact based on like a, a clapometer, right? Like, you know, how many people cheered, but then you could walk out. Um, actually, one of my clients said, sometimes I feel like a one night stand. She was, <laughs> she was like, everybody's like, oh, I love you. Come back, whatever. She walks out. She has no second dates, mm -hmm. right? And you're like, oh, or, well, guess what? Maybe people in corporate that are like paid by their company to go, they don't, they don't care. They show up, they get the applause, they walk away and whatever, right? We can't afford to do that as entrepreneurs, every single time you appear, the audio, the clapometer is not <laughs> the plazometer, right? Is not good enough. So when you use the, the texting technology, technology, what we do is we look at response rates. That's impact. I don't give a shit. Like if, like, what if, what happens if they don't allow you to clap because they went right into the next thing, or maybe you were part of a, a, a three person like forum discussion or whatever. Right. But you can offer this. And what tells you if it works is when you walk out with 150 email addresses, right. Whether mm -hmm. they clapped or not, but that means that you've impacted them enough for them to take the next step and say, yes, I want that piece of content. So, um, so that's the technology of how to do it. But what I had found is if people offer the wrong thing, that's not attractive to the audience, they're going to walk out with zero. And when I was, um, I guess advising, I wasn't coaching large corporations. They don't get coached, right? But when I was advising large corporations, they felt like, oh yeah, I know, I know the marketing. I know my my strategy, my whatever, you know. And then all of a sudden, I, I think of one situation where they use the technology and they're like, I guess chiropractors just don't text. And I'm like, what? No, let's take a look at what you offered. No, guess what? Your zero percent response rate is your way of finally knowing that you're not offering something that your chiropractors wanted. And now you get to change. So even a bad number is great because otherwise you would continue to give your presentation that got like hurrahs, but no leads, right? <laughs> or you know, crap, I only 10% of the audience texted. Now I can do better. Mm -hmm. um, and what can I do about it? So that's where we kind of, we take the technology and wrap some rocket fuel around it to help engage. But you have to have that mentality first, of understanding, oh, you know, that, that you, you can't waste your time and that you can serve an audience and serve your business at the same time. Imagine that. 
Right. Because when we're when we're speaking, and I know there's definitely people in our community, definitely people listening to this episode that want to use speaking, whether it's virtual or in person to grow their businesses. And we've talked in some past episodes of how beneficial that can be. You have an audience in front of you that's getting a sample of what it's like to work with you, to know you. How do you talk? What are your mannerisms? What are your quirks? Right. They're getting to know you really quickly, which can build trust. It can build a connection. But like you just said, I would way rather have that result in an opportunity to continue the conversation by capturing information that allows me to get back in touch with them rather than get a standing ovation, right? Right. If I get a standing ovation, fantastic. But if I don't have the ability to continue the conversation, I feel like I've just lost, right? I've lost that opportunity. They may have been inspired, but how do I continue the conversation to move inspiration into action. So one of the things that you really shared, which I thought was powerful, so pay attention guys, is the fact that catchwords is an amazing tool, but it has to be paired with the strategy. It has to be paired with the strategic thinking about, great, we're going to use this powerful tool, which was designed to help people create this connection to these anonymous fans. But we need to also think about what it is we're trading for that information, right? What are we going to be putting in? So when, when your guests or when your clients who are using speaking and getting on stages are using catchwords and they're thinking about what they're offering, what are some of the questions that they should be asking themselves? Are there any, this is asked to know whether this is something that we think is going to work. Cause right. You said we got to test it. Best way to know if this is going to work is to let the audience tell us, right? The market will always tell you if it's going to be successful. Yeah. But how do we give ourselves the best shot at success? Oh, yes. This is uh, you. You are getting the client behind the scenes recommendation. <laughs> so that's an excellent question. And it's because you're a marketing expert. So you're totally like uh, aligned with that. So this is like my little secret sauce. So I have a specific uh, definition or de- a, a definitive difference between an ideal prospect and an ideal client. Mm. Okay. So a lot of people just think of them as the, the the same thing. An ideal prospect is that person that you know you can help, but they're not ready to say yes yet. They're, they're that person that like you overhear in the coffee shop and you're like, oh, girlfriend, I can help you. Right. But they're not ready yet. They're not primed, but you know, right. So yeah. it's one thing to understand the problem, what they're saying, all these things. And then there's ideal clients. That's the person that if you've experienced that person that was like, yep, here, here's my money. I get it, right? The person that says, I totally get it. I see how you can help me. Here's my money, right? So if you understand the difference between those two people, there are differences. There are specifically, there are knowledge gaps that have been um, bridged or belief gaps, self-limiting beliefs that have been bridged, right? That is your marketing plan. Those are your marketing messages, right? So when you think of, oh, I'm going to offer XYZ, very often when we think of it as a lead magnet, right? We, we tend to teach or give away so much that we th- that the audience accidentally or unintentionally thinks like, oh, I'm going to try this on my own. That that doesn't serve you, right? <laughs> like if you really know, like, no, 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 if you work with me, I can help you do it faster. Why the hell, pardon my language, would you make somebody think 
that they can try it in the next three to six months by themselves. It's actually a disservice, Mm -hmm. right? You kind of think like, oh, I'm giving them all, but it's a disservice because it's delaying them actually being able to get a better result faster, right? Mm -hmm. So, So if you think, well, what do I need to teach just to get them to the next step to help them overcome a self-limiting belief or a knowledge gap that helps them understand that getting help with this is going to help them do it faster? Then you're still teaching them, but you're you're bringing them on a journey towards clientship, right? And so when you're thinking of what to give them, we call it a value bomb. What is that complementary piece of content? That helps. So for example, when I'm talking about strategy, 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 right? My content that I offer is like, I can't share enough about the strategy in this like 20 minute conversation, right? But I put together a guide on the strategies that I used to change my presentation where it came to now that I can measure it with a catchword, I was collecting 25% of the audience emails and it got to an average of 76%. I was able to measure, right? But what was it that I changed? And so I I offer it in this guide, right? So all you need to do is text teach four leads all together. So teach the number four leads to 411321 and you'll receive this guide called a transform your talk into a lead gen machine, right? This was the strategy. It has nothing to do with the technology, but if you use the strategy as the foundational change, um, if you're outside of the US, you can actually use WhatsApp. So you can do teach four leads all together to 1909-741-1321. Um, and it'll ask for your email address and such. So for example, I've been setting up all this stuff about strategy, 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 you got a little nugget, but there are a lot more nuggets. So now I can say, look, I want to serve you better listeners, but this is how you can do it because Mary and I have to go to our next meeting, right? (laughs) So, um, So this is just an example of how you would use it. Even if you have an hour, even if you're teaching for two hours, you're, you don't have enough time to teach everything, right? So you have to figure out how one is um, an appetizer, I guess, for for the other. I love the fact you said appetizer. So some people know that I'm married to a chef. So I use a lot of food metaphors. <laughs> oh, so I'm going to throw out my other, I, I, this is my super nerdy food. So we know an appetizer in America can can kind of be overwhelming and too big. And then it fills you up, right? So then you don't want the main course, the whole blooming onion thing, right? Mm-hmm. But a mouche is specifically chosen by the chef to help develop your appetite and your taste for the next course. Am I correct in that assessment? Oh, a hundred percent, right? I mean, how many times have we gone out and said, oh, well, I could just order the appetizer and I'm good to go. We don't want to overwhelm. So I I think that this is really valuable that what it is that you're exchanging for their information to be able to continue the conversation can't fill them up right? This is not something that they take six months to go through, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. So it's funny because then I I do nerd out. And since you have that restaurant background, it it makes sense. And, and, and too many of us give the American appetizer. Mm. Here's my, you know, my 50 page, this is the whole strategy of everything. And, and like, I do understand, like, you're trying to share like a message of transparency, but Mm -hmm. bottom line is the person may sign up for the thing 
and they don't even open it because Mm -hmm. they're like, shit, 50 pages, a small percentage of people will, will, will do that. So we have, because of our stats, like we know what's the optimal length of a piece, how the piece should be structured that actually gets you the most email open rates. Um, and so it's important to to you know look at at all of that and understand it would be way more powerful if the person took that little mini next step so that they now have developed an appetite for more. Fantastic. And thank you so much for offering that guide. So if you are listening, I will be dropping the information so that you can access that guide from Wanda into the notes that go along with this episode. So if you are ready to transform your talk, your time in the spotlight to not just get that standing emotion, but actually turn it into a lead gen machine that can actually grow your business, uh, definitely take advantage of that. We're going to be dropping that into the chat here. So uh, last question, Wanda, because I know it's something that I asked myself a lot when I was starting out, but a lot of times I hear people say that they're going to direct them to their social media. Oh, I, you know, I'm just going to, my call to action is to go follow me. What do you think about that? What are your thoughts on people saying, oh, well, just go follow me here. That was my call to action. Yeah, yeah. So the the challenge with that is we know with social media algorithms that even though somebody's a follower, they're not necessarily going to see all your content, right? Mm-hmm. So um, so that inherently is a challenge. But the thing is when when people get to meet you, um, like you said, they get to know, like, and trust you and get a sense of who you are, that is a way more powerful opportunity for connection. So why have them join all the other people that have just kind of seen you because of something else or connect, you know, like you want to be able to segment them. And that's why we really say like direct them to your catchword, because if you just use your catchword for appearances, that's my suggestion. There are other ways to to connect with people when you're doing a, a blog post or all that stuff. But if you know that I'm using my catchword when they've actually had the opportunity to meet me in some way, then you have a segmented list of people that have already been warmed up more than the rest of your email list. And so some clients will say, oh, I'm going to throw them in to my newsletter list. And I'm like, uh, I mean, you you can, but wouldn't you treat somebody a little differently if they met you? Right. So if you think about it like that, maybe it's the same content, but it's a little bit more personal or it's connected to what your messaging is in the podcast or your interview, because you should have a consistent messaging. Right. So it's this whole house, this whole strategy, you know, that that you're building where everything is interconnected and then it feels easier too. like sometimes we feel like all of it is like oh, I'm juggling all of these things. But when you have a really tight strategy, like everything is, is aligned and, um, and it winds up being easier for you. Makes it easy for us. It's a better experience for them. Win-win, right? (laughs) Exactly. And it, it, it's tough to say to people, don't, don't say to follow me, but, but let's say, for example, I could say, yes, you can find me at Wanda Toro Torini, you know, on Instagram and on, on, on Facebook, you could easily Google my name, find me on LinkedIn. You know, it's, it's pretty easy. So if you're interested enough in like me, if you Google, you'll be able to find a lot of different ways to to contact me. But the biggest thing is, what about for you? That's about me. Mm-hmm. But for you as a listener, if you have a speaking gig, a podcast interview, any of these things where you know you don't want to miss out on anonymous fans, then to serve you, you should text 
teach for leads, number four, teach for leads to 41321. That's the service to you, not to me. Thank you for following me. But but to you, that's how you get more value out of this interview. I think that's such a valuable point because it really does put a, a fine point on it. When you're asking people, oh, well, here, call to action, go follow me on wherever. It is about you. You're asking them not only to go to the platform, to find you on the platform, to follow you on the platform. And if they're going to get any value, they then have to consume your content or DM you. So there's all these steps that you're putting in front of it versus when it's the catchword, they take a very small, easy, low risk action to get a reward. Which one would you rather if you were the listener, right? If you were the person that you're speaking to, which feels easier, which are they more likely to do? So is there anything else that you could share about catchwords? Anything that um, the listeners should know about what catchwords about, how it works? Yeah, so I mean, (laughs) it's pretty, oh boy, there's definitely a story, but um, for another time, let's say. But (laughs) if if you think the most important thing is to optimally serve and impact your audience, it works really, really well for... um, for people who love to teach, that's why I wrote uh, I, the catchword is teach for leads, right? Um, think of what kind of speaker you want to be. Let's let's think about it. Okay, you have motivational speakers, speakers that make their revenue just for going out and speaking. They're not consultants or like their revenue is pay me to speak, right? That's one one type of, of speaker. The other type of speakers or speaking is speaking to sell, right? So a webinar, the whole webinar structure is really about getting somebody to a sale at, at the end, the offer stack at the end, right? So that is one objective for speaking. And then, a, but if you... If you do really well in a webinar, and I know that you help people with this, right? Mm-hmm. It displays that you can sell well, okay? That you've spent time on that process to sell well. Mm-hmm. It doesn't tell me as a buyer what it's like to experience you as the consultant, right? Mm-hmm. So for people that teach and consult and advise, and that's like the core of their offering, I love the workshop format where the call to action is the catch word. Mm -hmm. So because when I'm trying to sell, I'm only focused on the ideal client. Like who's at the end of the continuum that I can convert within this 60 minutes, Mm -hmm. right? But what about all the other people that are like, hmm, I need to learn a little bit more. I need to overcome a limiting belief or a knowledge gap, right? Then by offering them the catch word, I actually get to capture more and connect with more of those people. And I have the opportunity to nurture them for a longer period of time versus the webinar focuses on one thing. So none of them are bad. It's just a matter of what are you going into the engagement for? To sell, use the webinar format. That's the whole flow in one big thing, right? If it's just to get paid to speak, you use the motivational speaker format. Or if you're an expert and you want to nurture people to clientship, then it's the teaching format. And it makes it a, a very comfortable for people that don't consider themselves speakers, right? They're like, I'm mm-hmm. an expert. I, I don't, I, I'm not a speaker. Like to say I'm a speaker. So there are a lot of experts that don't, wouldn't put that on their LinkedIn. I'm not a speaker, yeah. but have they taught workshops and been in front of people doing their thing? Yeah. Yeah. But that's because they teach. Mm. And, and so they, they kind of affiliate themselves a little bit more with, with that. And catchwords is great for all three of them, actually, 
I have a different method. Even if you're doing a webinar, you use a catch word in the middle. If you're doing a, a motivational talk, you might not have a program, but maybe in the future we, you will. So if you get paid 5,000, 10,000 to speak, why not offer the audience an extension of your value? Mm-hmm. I'll guarantee that if it's done well, the people that paid you will be like, thanks for adding. But our mentality is like, they paid me. I can't generate leads from that. But no, you're not being like, hey, you know, <laughs> your, your mindset has to be, how can I serve more? I only have an hour with you. They paid me 5,000. Guess what? I'm going to give you double that value than the other 5,000 because I not only motivated you, but I, I inspired you into action to something else, right? So catch words can be used in all of those areas. Sorry, I went on and on, but I can't. No, really- no, it's so valuable too, because I think it, it is important for, for those of you listening, understanding where you are, right? Do you want to get paid to speak, to just be there, be on stage? Do you want to leverage your expert-based practice, whether that's a service-based or a consultancy or coaching, or are you selling a product, a program, whatever it is, right? An online course, And understanding how, depending on where you're inviting people into this conversation, we have to think about what that call to action is. What are they ready to do? What do we want them to do? Where do we want them to go next? And as you were talking, I could almost see if we have people who are thinking about doing a webinar, right? Thinking about launching something new, then wouldn't it be so much more beneficial to us to have a pre-warmed audience come to that webinar where yes. the call to action is to sell something at the end. So if they layered an experience that brought people in through their catchwords, like you said, now we're moving, we're not talking to the prospect. We're now starting to get people into that bucket of actual ideal clients. So they are ready and almost even pre-sold before they even get to your webinar. So yes. how awesome and would that be? experienced you in an expert environment where you literally just taught and walked away, dropping a value bomb. And they're like, they didn't even ask me for anything. Well, guess what? <laughs> we, we did, right? But 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 everybody feels good about it. And then now they're like, you know what? Yeah, I do want to attend the next one. And it works really, it's worked really well for me, for my other clients, where the, our recommendation is now, that's a segmented list. Invite them to your webinar. So I'm not saying not to do the webinar, but invite them to the web. And then, then there's the other thing of like, you know, a webinar, and you you have more expertise in this, but there's a certain like, investment limit as to like whether a product can be sold in 60 minutes, right? What is your suggestion typically? For me, it it all goes back to that question of how warm is your audience, right? So for example, if you brought them in through a workshop where they opted into, or they texted and they got their value from the catch word, and now you're bringing them to a webinar, you can sell pretty high ticket, right? I mean, I've seen people bring warm audiences, if not almost hot audiences to webinars and sell 10, $25,000 packages. However, trying to do that to a cold audience that's just been on your email list and getting random emails from you over the past year, and they kind of almost even forget where, who you are. I'm thinking like 97 bucks. (laughs) it, It changes the game when you're very intentional about who it is that I'm bringing into this audience. Are they really familiar with me? Are they really curious? Are they an ideal client? Or are we still in the prospect phase where we're still trying to figure out, are they 
really getting what I have to offer? Do they see the value? Do they see how I'm different? Yeah, you are so spot on on that. It's it's absolutely right. And and um, that thought process up front is critical. And what happens is sometimes if somebody's an expert and their only product is high ticket, it's like mm-hmm. let's say you you're you know you you are a consultant for corporations. You don't have like a nine ninety seven offer for a corporation, right? But um, so. And and this is kind of, when I think about it, this is kind of where it came from, because in the beginning of, I've been an entrepreneur for 17 years, but in, within the first 10 years, I, I was just serving large corporations. And so I would invite them to educational workshops, peer-to-peer discussions that I facilitated so that people got to understand my expertise and I, and and connect with me in that way. And when I spoke at a conference, I couldn't sell at a, con- at a pharmaceutical executive conference, like I had to deliver and I used my catchword. And that's where I was like, holy cannoli. I walk out of every presentation with over 200 leads, right? So then I would invite them to another another workshop because I was selling 50,000 and up, right? So another workshop, another peer-to-peer discussion, and then bam, into, into a conversation to, to make the, the sell. But, um, but sometimes we get stuck saying, oh, okay, I need to do a webinar. So I have to create a low ticket offer, so now you're creating a low, maybe it's a course, maybe you're spending all this time creating the low ticket just as part of your lead generation. But what you really want to do is big, do the big projects, but now you have to maintain the low ticket. So there's just a lot of conversation to have for some people. I ha- They might have the course already. So so that might work. And, and, and you being a marketing expert, you, you understand that everybody has that different situation, but it could take a lot of work for somebody to say, I want to do a webinar format. I really only have a high ticket thing. So now I have to create a low ticket to get to the high ticket, but I don't really want to do it's yeah, it's, it's a mess. I say, do a workshop, serve, you know, generate leads through, through a catch word and then take them through a nurturing path that way. Well, hopefully everyone caught that really important thing that you just said. Well, you said a couple, but like the one that I think people might've overlooked is that what do you actually want to sell? Are you creating products because you have this framework, this formula, this funnel that it needs another product, or are you actually using the right tools to sell the thing that you actually want to sell to build the business that you actually want to build? So, I mean, obviously you've been an entrepreneur for a long time. You've probably had that experience of, am I still building the thing that I still want to do? (laughs) And I've been like, Hey, I built, I mean, honestly, my consulting firm, when I built the consulting firm and I used catch as the technology and I built it to $4.2 million in revenue. And I was like, I don't want to do the consulting. I realized that the technology that I created and the strategy, I'm like, I want to do this for other people. Like that was transformative. And then I got bored or realized that it wasn't really in my soul. Like I was, it was cash cowing, you know, it was doing really well. I had 13 people on staff, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. It it wasn't aligning with me. And so that question, what it is that you want, want to offer, (laughs) right. Is that's why it's my first question in the strategy. I literally, I have the book here. I don't know if you, have you ever completed strength finders 2.0? Okay. Okay. So, you know, understanding your top five strengths, I literally say, if you haven't done this, I'm going to send you the book and do it because I want you to not do what I did back then, which was forget what my strengths Mm -hmm. were. 
forget where we're going. The money, right. I was following the money. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh man. So the, the what you want to offer should be aligned with your personal strengths um, as, as well. And you'll be a happy camper. You could be making money and then you're going to drop it. Like my husband and I had to make a huge decision on, on stopping that consulting firm. I was trying to find people to take it over or whatever, but at a certain point, I'm like, this is toxic for me and I'm not doing the thing that I know will help more people. So I had to make that, that hard decision and those golden handcuffs, right? When, when <laughs> things are going well and then you say, eh, this yeah. isn't what I want. Ah! <laughs> Being able to pause and actually say, hmm, do I really want to be doing this? (laughs) Yeah. Yep. So what it is that you want to offer. That's so important. Well, thank you, Wanda, so much for all of your help, your expertise, sharing your genius with us today. I hope all of you filled up those sticky notes, took down those notes, because I want to give you guys some some really insider ninja hacks here in terms of (laughs) how to make sure that you're setting yourself up for success as a speaker, as an entrepreneur, as an expert, right? So if you missed anything, go back, listen, right? So Wanda, where, for those people that things are burning in their brain, they've they've got some questions that have been answered, but now they have more questions. They want to connect deeper with you. What is the best thing for them to do? Yeah, I will still say um, text teach for leads to 411321. In that email, you will actually get a link to connect to my calendar. Like that's how to, for me, I'm like, look, you got this information. Take a look at the at the attachment. Let's just talk about like your strategies, your specific situation. Maybe you're a podcast host. You should be you should be connecting with your anonymous fans, right? Maybe you have a speaking gig. Maybe maybe you just like to do a lot of Facebook lives, right? Or something like it, it, let's discuss it, but there are anonymous fans out there. And, um, and then hopefully I'll be able to help you figure out how you can teach for leads <laughs> um, and fill your heart and your wallet. Fantastic. So we're going to make sure that you guys get that in the notes, but the text is teach number four leads and send that over to 411321. Thank you so much, Wanda. Any parting thoughts for our listeners here today? No, I I just want to say thank you for for getting it. It's really important um, as more quote unquote physical stages start opening up, right? And people are really really excited about just being in front of people, but those are high cost, right? Traveling, your time, your preparation. So take the time to optimize it. It will be fulfilling. But I don't want you to go back and be like, oh, man, I flew to Texas for that and I I didn't get any leads or I got two leads and there were 200 people in the audience. Like I'm telling you, you could do better than that. So just be be proactive because there are going to be tons of opportunities because people are just dying to just connect, right? And to get that face-to-face interaction, optimize it. Yeah. And you have value to give. So don't shortchange your people. Make sure that they're getting that value from you that they deserve and you want to give. So thank you, Wanda, for being an amazing guest. So if you are listening to this, stay tuned, subscribe, make sure you're following us for the next in our expert guest series. We're going to be bringing you lots of new information in different areas. So if there's a guest that you want to see, if you want to propose, definitely reach out to us here. We'd love to hear your interest, your ideas, because we are very committed to serving you and bringing you the information you want to hear. So thank you, Wanda. Stay tuned for our next episode of Sticky Note Marketing, and I will see you guys next time.